Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Markets with Chip Nellier. This edition of Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For information, go to axontire.com. Axon would like to give the loyal listeners of the Moving Iron Podcast a free pair of deer, deer skin gloves. Not deer skin gloves, just deer skin. It's going to be a good day for those gloves out here, Chev. It's snowing. It's snowing up your way? It's definitely not snowing. It's almost hot. Yeah. Uh, we were at 75, 77 degrees yesterday, so I'll take it in November. It was uh, two days ago. It was 75 degrees, and then it kind of slowly dipped off, and now here we are. At, uh, it snowed last night by couple inches maybe three inches of snow and it's like whatever 20 degrees this morning so great you can have that you keep that yeah it's beginning to look a lot like november around here <laughs> good times all right man so if you want some of those deer skin gloves send an email to marketing at axontire.com and they will send those to you in the mail also they are going to do a 50 dollars discount on your registration for the 2023 moving iron summit coming up here in nashville tennessee september 11th through the 13th. So take advantage of those great offers from our friends at Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether that's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctional pricing insights. And finally, this podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experiences and transform how you work today. Chip Nellinger is with Blue Reef Agri Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and Chip is nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening. Chip, how are you doing this morning? Doing well, Casey. We got uh, a pretty uh, interesting week we've had here, recording this on a Friday. And, uh, Day at least. Man, we've, we've had everything. We had, you know, the Black Sea uh, the export channel suspended and then mm-hmm. put back in place all within 24 hours, interest rate increased by the Federal Reserve. 
got to wake up this morning, crude oil's up almost $4 and all this enthusiasm that China might, uh, you know, kind of uh, go back to normal, so to speak, or, you know, not uh, have such uh, stringent lockdowns. Yep. Crazy week, crazy yep. week. And then now next week we've got a crop report and yep. uh, who knows what we'll have as far as headlines go next week. So uh, this thing is uh, yep. it's like a yo-yo. Yeah, you know, this this China changing up their their covid um their zero tolerance covid um thing i think that's probably one of the one of the things that's the step in the direction that's going to help kind of get the world back going again i mean as much manufacturing stuff that comes out of there as much yeah go into there this this inflationary system that we have just by opening china back up and getting things back rolling again should relieve a lot of that pressure i mean do you think that's kind of in the same camp there well, yeah, I, I think that's why, um, you know, you've got crude oil uh, so enthusiastically higher today is that uh, China is such a big driver of world growth. And, you know, you, you can argue all you want. I get the reason for their lockdowns. They don't have the medical system <clears throat> like, you know, many parts of uh, Europe, United States and, and other areas. So I, I get that on the one hand. But, you know, on the other, it's, um, you know, almost like they were kind of trying to do that to punish the the world or slow it down some uh i don't uh, i mean i i don't have my tinfoil hat on today yet i can get it but it almost seems like some of it was on purpose and so yeah, yeah there's such a huge driver not only of exporting things to the world but you know uh, importing uh, things into their country raw materials uh you know energy products and so if they're going to get back and you know let their people uh, live again and be out and out and about and uh, enjoying uh, life as uh, we knew it before COVID, um, it, it could be a good driver to the entire world economy. And, you know, with that comes extra demand on crude oil, right. demand on, you know, grains and proteins. And, you know, I, I think if you look at things, co copper massively higher uh, here in the overnight and early mornings, so some of the soft commodities, it really is a, a big driver. We're so interrelated now in the entire world that, uh, it, it could be a big thing, but at this point, from what I've read, it's just kind of a rumor, you know, I, I don't know that there's been anything official yet. Um, and so it's like this headline out of Ukraine and Russia, you know, the black sea uh, export corridor, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. You know, we might have five, uh, go rounds of this before they, uh, officially, you know, come back into, uh, you know, join the rest of the world and, and end their lockdowns. Yeah. Now I think that's a, that's a good point because if you look at what's going on there and then, you know, Ukraine blew up some, or sank a couple of Russia's black sea naval ships and you know, that, that whole thing there. I mean, so now, yeah, that's such a, that's such a crazy thing. And then you look at what's going on here domestically, you know, you got this railroad strike that's, you know, out of the, I don't remember six or eight of these unions that are involved with this, four of them like it, two of them don't now two more don't like what they've got going on. So now we're looking <laughs> yeah. at a nationwide, Railroad strike there, and you look at, at, at the at the issue that we're having with the Mississippi, and, and it's just like this. This is a, a really big problem, you know. When you start looking at this time of the year, especially yeah. moving stuff to port for for export season. Yeah, and, and you throw on top of that the the problems, uh, the, the drought problems mm -hmm. in uh, the Southern Plains and the far western Corn Belt, like out where you're at. Uh, there's just no feed ingredients, so we got to get the the corn, uh, you know, from over here where we have an abundance of it over to uh, the Western Corn Belt, Southern Plains, where there literally is is no corn, right? And a lot of cattle. And so it's not like, oh, maybe we can get it in 60 days. I mean, we got to feed cattle today. right? And, you know, 
the railroad is such a huge part of that. You can't truck all that. You got to have uh, the railroad uh, functioning, and um, you know it just throws another wrinkle in there. It's just unbelievable. I, I mean, every year I do this, it seems like I've been doing it a long time, almost thirty years now. It's like every year seems like man, there's that was uh, an added wrinkle, or uh, you know, very complex. It's not just about how much we raise uh, as far as yields go anymore. And uh, this year takes the cake. I mean, even this is even past the COVID situation, you know, all these, all these issues, transportation issues, um, uh, you know, all the things we talked about, China lockdowns, the war in uh, Ukraine, uh, the interest rates, federal reserve. It's just mind boggling how many uh, gears you've thrown in this thing. And uh, it is, it's, it's the toughest year I ever remember. Um, you know, trying to kind of figure out where things are going to go. Luckily, we've got really good prices here. And so from a, from an agricultural producer standpoint, um, you know, it's, it's good to have these problems with all this volatility, but yet we've got good prices. Now, if you're on the feedlot side, I, I, I get, um, you know, we don't really like paying eight, eight and a half dollars uh, for corn because we don't have any, that's a problem. Um, and I get that and that's been a struggle, but it is, uh, it's a wild one. It's not, Oh, I mean, it just seems like this past week an example of that. It's not slowing down at all. It's actually speeding up with the, you know, the rate of information we're throwing at this markets from all over geopolitical and financial and yeah. know, throwing a crop report next week. And who knows what's going to happen. Let's talk about that crop report next week. I mean, or, uh, Trying to remember what day does that come out on? I forget. Uh, I believe it is Wednesday. That just so happens I've got my calendar popped up here. It is Wednesday the 9th. Wednesday, no, okay. That's what I thought. All right. So looking at that crop report, information comes out of there. I mean, usually the November report's not a big deal, but I mean, as you're looking at now, it seems like every one of these reports that we've had since I don't know, 2021 has been has been the 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 non the non-important ones seem like they're the most important ones. Exactly. So, I mean, looking at this November report, kind of what's your thoughts there and what do you think the trade's going to be looking for? Yeah, I think the trade's uh, a little uncertain on, on what to look for, right? Um, we're going to get an update on yields. So we've got two more cracks at getting yields. Um, so this November report, we're going to have, you know, yield adjustments or yield projections. They don't do anything as far as yield goes on the December one. And then we got the final one in January. So the USDA has got two more cracks at it here next week and then January to zero in on what our, our yields are. Uh, that's part, only part of the equation. Then you've got the demand side. And so, you know, this year in particular, you've got producers out by you in the Western Corn Belt that <clears throat> literally have had the worst crop they've ever had. You've got producers over here in the Eastern Corn Belt that have had the best crop they've ever had. And, and everything in between. So it makes it that much more difficult to figure out what the yields are going to be. USDA has a lot of data points. Um, you know, we can cuss them all we, all we want. And, and I do myself a fair share of that. But they have the, the most, uh, you know, amount of data. And so I, I think you're going to have people out there that think yields are going to go higher. I think you're going to have people out there that think yields need to come lower. And that sets the stage for a big, um, you know, potential surprise. Uh, the demand side is is another issue. Domestically, uh, you know, things are cranking. We've got phenomenal crush margins for beans. Crush is, um, you know, going strong. Ethanol uh, is is coming along pretty nicely. Obviously, the feed side of the equation. 
um, you know, is strong. Now the export side on corn is what's a little bit suspect. And so there's people that's probably going to think they're going to, you know, cut back demand just a little bit. Um, bean demand is a, is a wild card. You know, China has been continuing to buy beans and, and taking beans that they have previously purchased. Uh, it's amazing that with the Mississippi river essentially closed, you know, that Pacific Northwest becomes much more important and we're continuing. I think, I think this week we shipped out, uh, 35, 36 million bushels of beans. I mean, that's an incredible number given the fact that for all intents and purposes, Mississippi river's closed. So, yeah. you know, we're still shipping beans out of here and, and that's a good thing. So the stages, then you have world numbers, um, you know, updates on world numbers is pretty early on in the, uh, production year for South America, Brazil's going, uh, pretty pretty well right now. Argentina, not so much. Um, it's probably too early in the game to, to have a lot of, um, emphasis on, you know, South American production numbers, but in December and January, those numbers from the USDA are going to start to uh, really uh, matter to the market as well. So you've got a, a lot out there. It's a real wild card this year with production and demand. And whenever you have that, you set the stage for a potential shock that the market wasn't expecting and, you know, a, a reaction uh, either way. So it's going to continue to, to uh, I think, drive a lot of volatility around the, the this one, especially the November and then the final one in January, uh, real, real wild cards. And then by January, then we're in the full-fledged South American, uh, you know, weather market. And uh, it's just so tight here that you need a big crop out of South America to kind of help cushion you know the world supply uh, again on beans and corn both <clears throat> whether we get that or not i'm not sure and and you know if they have a record crop in brazil um you know that takes a little bit of the pressure off and and it's going to stay tight as far as the stocks go here but brazil will help kind of cushion the rest of the world and with with some exports uh, if they fight uh la nina still and have a production problem down there Especially in Brazil, you could argue they already have one in Argentina, but in Brazil, uh, man, it, it it could get really wild and, you know, have what normally is kind of a quiet time during the winter. We could have a full-fledged weather market and, you know, massive volatility based on their forecast down there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, God damn it, a lot of moving parts right now on about everything that you look at. And there's so many things that just one little thing falls off the the table there and it kind of drags a bunch of stuff with it. Jump down and talk about cattle prices right now. As you look at uh cattle prices where you're at now, um you know, they have a good week and a bad week and then they have a really good week and a really bad week. And so I guess, you know, looking at looking at how that was how that's going on there. I mean it just seems like still there's still a lot of slaughter slaughter numbers still high. They're still trying to work through um this the depleting of the of the herd, you know, and and when that starts to turn back around you know we got like you said we got to get out of this drought in the west here so we can kind of get those things rolling again but i guess as you're looking at the cattle market right now chip foreseeable future seems like there's a lot of upside to the cattle market right now yeah there there, there could very well be it doesn't mean we'll be straight up i mean you sure. look at where we're at here the deferreds are out there uh you know have kind of a challenge 160 so that's part of the problem where the nearby is you know we're in the low the low uh 150s um so out in the deferred, you know, I think we're factoring some of that in the potential to be uh, that all we've talked about, um, you know, high feed ingredients, yeah. the drought that hasn't fixed itself, 
the market, I think, is uh, you know several months out ahead of us, somewhat factoring some of that in. Um, but to be where we're at here in in uh, early November and and you know see cash cattle prices north of one fifty, uh, pretty pretty uh, stout numbers in here. Uh, typically, we can you know increase. All, Gets a little bit, um, you know, iffy kind of right around this holiday time frame, Thanksgiving, Christmas. But then as you turn into the new year, um, you know, typically things are pretty pretty good. And we have some higher prices out there into winter uh, and uh, very early spring. Um, you know, look at the April live cattle right now. They're just over 158. So we are factoring some of that in. I think things get crazy bullish once we fix the drought. And we haven't fixed the drought yet. So if there's some now, although Kansas, parts of, you know, some dry areas of, of Missouri and, and Nebraska um, ha- have got some rain, some snow in your case, uh, we need, you know, several doses of that. Once we get some pasture back in better shape and you get cow-calf guys wanting to, you know, get, you know, repopulate their herd that they've liquidated, put it back out on grass if they have some, that's going to tighten up the supply of, um, you know, market cattle even more, and things are going to get wildly bullish when that happens. I would have thought it would, I, I would have bet and did bet to some extent that would have happened by now, but we just haven't seen the drought break yet. And, um, so there's some really good things, uh, I think coming, uh, in, in the cattle market. Um, but we got to break this drought and, you know, I mean, it is, going on three years now these cow calf guys are, are really uh you know i've had a rough go of it and uh struggling and you know obviously the feedlot guy you know struggle there is eight dollar corn and and there's no corn where they're at uh, typically you know in the panhandle of texas and oklahoma up through kansas it's just no corn and, and that's a tough tough go of it so you know i think things are looking really good longer term but you know obviously in the short run there's still some challenges with high feed costs and, and this drought situation. And, um, hopefully we can get some better moisture, you know, some snow and, and some precip here over the winter and, and, uh, you know, maybe get a nice dose of rain, uh, early spring and help recharge things and, and break this drought. But uh, right now still very, very dry. Yes. Very dry. I would, I would just like it to be very dry. That'd be the, that'd be very nice. If it could just be that, um, looking at, Cat, looking over at the hog market right now, November's been a rough month so far for uh, for the hog market. Looking at what's going on there, um, I guess what's your what's your take on the hog market right now, Chip? Hog market's been tough. Um, you know, again, pretty high prices. You, you've got February um, lean hogs over eighty seven. That's pretty uncommon for this time of year, especially you know in the fourth quarter. That's typically one of our we're coming out of a low period, and, and hog prices are typically low. The issue here is with with COVID supply chain issues, inflated um, construction costs. We have not grown the hog herd. Uh, really, actually, arguably shrank the herd for the um, you know the last couple of years, and so the numbers are still pretty tight. We've seen the cash market come up here higher, um, good good levels, profitable levels. But like the cattle guy, the hog guy sitting out here. Uh, you know, really struggling with high price feed ingredients too. So there's not as much profit as what you would think, um, you know, that we're up here in the, in the mid eighties and, you know, nearby uh, up 90 or above uh, on, um, you know, lean hog prices. So the funds love, for whatever reason, the last uh, year, year and a half that they love trading the, the hog market as well. 
it seems like the, when they get in, uh, they're not trading for the, like some of these markets, crude oil or, or the grains or some of these other markets, uh, it seems like the funds stick with it for a long time, many months to over a year position. It doesn't seem like they do that in the hogs. They get in, they run the hog market 15 bucks one way, and then they get back out and take their money. Um, and we've seen multiple $15 runs higher. We just had one. Uh, the market kind of got ahead of itself where the cash was. And now it kind of, you've kind of seen it fluctuate back. So we've seen these big swings. I would expect that to continue. Um, again, I, I think with no uh, growth the last two years in our hog herd, that if we get some better things uh, demand-wise and get this economy kind of stabilized or a better feeling uh, about the economy in general, that uh, this spring and summer could get really good in, in hogs. Again, there's, you know, like the grain markets we talked earlier, there's all this push and pull with, is China going to be there? Uh, are they going to continue to buy U.S. pork? Uh, they have been so far, not to the numbers that they were previously. What's the world economy going to do? What's our economy going to do? There's all these questions out there. But, um, you know, I think from across the board, you know, whether it's the, the grain side, the, the cattle side, the, the hog side, yes, there's challenges out there high-priced feed ingredients, high-priced inputs. But um, right now, and, and should be available for the, at least the next few months, uh, there ought to be some really good opportunities to, you know, lock some profits in, manage risk out here, um, you know, for the, the U.S. Uh, livestock and grain producers. So that's a good thing. Um, Got to keep in the back of our minds, you know, South America and, and Brazil. They're, they're uh, in many ways, have kind of taken over um, as the leader. It used to be United States, and we got a big head about it. And now, quietly over the last ten years, Brazil is uh, eating our lunch, and uh, they are a massive producer of a lot of different uh, commodities, uh, not just beans. Uh, they're the biggest producer in beans now, um, it, but a lot of other things, you know, beef included. And so, we've got to keep them uh, in in sight. But uh, we ought to have some really good opportunities here the next few months as we get out into winter and and turn the calendar uh, into twenty three. Now you get the last half of 23, um, that's, it's going to get challenging, I think. So, uh, we got to, as producers, tighten the belt up, focus on profitability. In a lot of ways, the markets have, um, kind of lulled us to sleep a little bit, especially the grain markets. You know, we just go, yeah, we're slopping around in 50, 60 cent, um, ranges, but we're just going sideways for the last six months, really. And, uh, it's kind of put everybody to sleep. And, and I, I think that's the wrong thing. We got to, we got to, uh, you know, make hay while the sunshine is that the old, uh, the old saying. So time to buckle up and, uh, you know, be ready to lock some stuff in here going forward. Right on. Okay. Uh, Chip, good stuff as usual. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you're doing over at Blue Reef Market Market. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, just give us a call. Uh, our office number is 309-550-7213. Uh, happy to chat with you and talk about what your current plan is and, uh, how you might be able to tweak it and, uh, and and even improve it into the new year. Right on. Chip, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on, Casey. Interesting interesting week, a lot to talk about. So uh, sure. hopefully I didn't ramble too too long, but uh, man, there's a, there's a lot going on in these markets. There's a ton of stuff happening. So appreciate that, Chip. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and the ever so cleverly named Moving Iron podcast youtube channel where you can see the video version of this very podcast go to moving iron llc for everything moving iron related 
And uh, you can check out um, the upcoming information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th. Again, if you want to take advantage of that Axon Tire $50 rebate on your registration fee, send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com. Or if you have any questions for any of these spectacular guests on the Moving Iron Podcast, send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com, and I'll make sure to ask it when we record. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nelger. Smooth Smart folks, out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century.